Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. Those of you watching on Facebook Live, we welcome you. Come on, Ascension Christian Center. Let's welcome the online viewers via Facebook Live. Come on, if you have a hand. We believe that this message is going to impact somebody. Do me a favor. If you're in this building or you're watching live via Facebook, share this video. I believe this is going to be a simple yet encouraging word for somebody this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. I like to make this declaration before I read the word of God. So hold your hand over your heart. We're not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I guess this is kind of a Pledge of Allegiance for the Bible. We like to say this. This is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truth. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15, very short portion of scripture says this, for we are God's fellow workers and you are his field. Look at somebody and say, you're his field. You are God's building according to the grace of God, which was given to me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let's, let each one take heed on how he builds on it. For no foundation can anyone lay than which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. Look at somebody and say, it's going to be found out. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. It will be tested. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You may have your seats. As you are taking your seats this morning, I want to pose a Small question, yet I hope it is thought-provoking. As you review your life over the past year, two years, during COVID and prior to that, what have you been building your life upon? Has your life been being built around your career? Some people don't build their lives based on their career. Some, some people's idealistic uh, approaches to life or regarding their family. They want to get married. They want to have babies. They, you know, they want to be a stay-at-home mom or whatever it might be. What, what have you been building your life on? I didn't, now, notice I didn't ask you, did you go to church? 
on Sunday morning. I'm asking you this morning, what have you been building your life on? Look at somebody and ask them with real conviction in your eyes too. Say, what have you been building your life on? Look at somebody else next to you. Say, what have you been building your life on? What we're seeing in America and the world today is a great testing. I feel like an old preacher this morning. Like one of the old Pentecostal preachers in the, with the sawdust beneath my feet in the fold-up chairs underneath a, a white tent. And, and the reason I say that, and I, it just kind of came to me in my holy imagination. My mother will tell you as a little boy, I have one of those imaginations, but it's been sanctified now. Thank the Lord Jesus. I don't talk to my invisible friends except the Holy Spirit. But, but the reason I bring up the past is because I truly believe our way forward as a nation is by going back. If you study history, it's pretty predictable. Society would go through these spiritual awakenings, if you will. They would come to know the Lord. You study revival, you'll see these huge outbreaks of the Holy Spirit, surges of salvation, 10,000 people's being saved weekly. Our church is packed to the guilt. Families praying and putting their phones away at the dinner table and loving the Lord. But then, but then something happens as we get comfortable and familiar with the Lord. And we begin to get comfortable with the health of society and our schools and our jobs. Little by little, day by day, week by week, month after month, and year after year, something begins to happen. We begin to turn and we begin to get off of course. I, I spoke to a very good friend of mine who unfortunately hadn't spoken to for six months. Somebody I would never guess would find himself in this place. And he said to me that, uh, he called me and he said, Pastor, I really have to talk to you. And what he said staggered me and I almost cried. I, I mean, my heart was broken when he told me that him and his wife were going to get a divorce and he had found himself in adultery. Somebody I would never guess, one of the most holy people I'd ever met. I was shocked and, and he and he began to tell me what had been happening in the past two years. And immediately I, I thought to myself, this is not you. And, and, and what I began to think of is how it, it didn't just start with adultery. It started with not reading the word of God. It, it started with not going, missing church once a month to then twice and then three times. And then I'm no longer fellowshipping with other believers, and then no longer am I not, not only fellowshipping with unbelievers, now I'm looking at things on the computer that I shouldn't, and just little by little, we begin to drift, and our nation has, this is only uh, the unveiling of, of a much bigger issue. We have been drifting away from principles of scripture for years and years and years, and every so often, what God will do is he will send the fire to test what we've been building our lives on to see what work you've used. What is your life being built on this morning? Have you been building with wood, hay, and stubble? Are you building your life on Christian values, on Christian principles, building your life on prayer? 
And if you are building it with, with gold, with, with, with precious stones, with, with prayer and seeking God's face and making his presence priority and reading scripture, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if all hell breaks loose or fire comes your way. Your foundation will stand and remain unshakable and unmoving. But if your life is built on just a church building and a few sermons every now and again, your work will be tested by fire and friend, your house will not stand what is coming to America. Oh, I wish I would get more amens than that. I told you I felt like an old Pentecostal preacher this morning, but we have to get our, our way forward is by going backward, back to basics. We have to get back to the basics. Somebody say, get back to the basics. And can I tell you one way we get back to basics is we have to look at somebody and say, we really do. We have to. We have to begin to make him first again. We have to make him first again. You know what I've seen in the church? And, and, and for, thankfully, not, not this church, but I have been a part of many churches. You know what we make first? We make a, a huge worship set first to draw people. Or we make marketing first. Or we make our job first. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing in the house of the Lord, or, or, or we make our children first. Now that's all great, but listen, first gotta be first. This is why, this is why giving, and I'm not, I'm not gonna harp on giving, this is why giving first fruits is important. This is why he has to be first when I give, because, because I'd rather him, listen, I'd rather him bless my 90% that's left over than to keep my 100% and it be cursed. Oh, oh. This, this is why it's so important because you know what? He doesn't even want it last. Like when my wife will, will uh, a lot of times because I get paid a certain amount, she will give me cash. So what I do, I'm old school. I told you I'm like 70 inside. I have a little envelope and I put my tie to the side and I, I literally separate it and I like to physically give to the Lord. But, but I don't do it last. Even if it's still 10%, I do it first. Now, I'm not saying if you get paid every two weeks, I'm not saying that, but, but there's something to be said about making him first in your life. Because when he's first, that's the foundation. Who puts walls up without putting the foundation first? He's gotta be first. Look at somebody and say, he's gotta be first. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says this. Seek ye what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter six, Verse 33, do we have it up on the screen? Matthew chapter six, verse 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So first things first, it doesn't, like when, when you wake up in the morning, it, it can't be seek who's got a story on Facebook. Come on, I know I'm talking to the young people this morning. We wonder why we struggle with image problems. Can I just preach for just a, just, just a second? The reason why we struggle so much is because what we're putting first in our bodies in our spirit man, first things first. I have made up in my mind and my flesh screams at me many mornings. Let me just tell you because there's many mornings I wake up and I have no desire to read the word of God. Can the preacher be a little bit honest this morning? That I don't feel like it. That I don't feel like praying. But I got this revelation. What I do first depends on the rest. What I do with my 100% determines on what happens to my 90 
or what I do, excuse me, what I do with my 10% determines on what happens with the 90. What I do with the first portion of my day, do I seek him? Am I praying? I'm not saying you need to spend an hour in your prayer closet, but what do you do first before your feet hit the floor? I don't know about you, but we serve a real God, but there is a real devil on the prowl. And we have to armor up first thing in the morning, make God first and armor up so that we can walk in victory, in the victory that he's called us to. Let me ask you something this morning. Who, is, who and what is first in your life? Who and what is first in your life? Is it your job? Is it your career? None of those things are bad. Your career is not bad. The problem, the issue is, is it, is it first? Is, is it first? What's the first thing that's on your mind when you wake up in the morning? Do your, do your eyes run across the scripture? Do, do, you, do you read the word of God? It's called daily bread for a reason. It's, it's supposed to be consumed. That's why Jesus likens himself to bread and water. That's why taking communion is, is important because it's a symbolism. We're to feed on him daily because this is where we receive our spiritual strength from. Somebody said to me, you are too spiritually minded and you are no earthly good. Let me tell you something, my friend. If you are not spiritually minded, you will be no earthly good. And the reason why we're seeing America as no earthly good is because we've lost our spiritual mindedness. And we have to get back to basis, basics and be spiritually minded. Why? So your family can get strong again. Come on, so that your prayer life can get strong again. Come on, so that your finances can get strong and you can have kingdom finances again. First things first. Somebody say that. First things first. Make him first in your finances, in your family, in all you're seeking, in all you're getting. Get the Lord. I know what the scripture says. In all you're getting, get wisdom. But we have to get the Lord. Amen? You get Lord, you get wisdom. You get the Lord, you get your finances right. You get the Lord, your family begins to get right. And let me tell you something. The devil will fight you tooth and nail. As you, as you make up in your mind to seek him, he will fight you. Why do you think he's fighting you? You think he's worried about you coming to church? No. He's worried about you seeking the master. He's worried about you bowing. He's worried about you passionately pursuing him. Listen, the last thing that you do at the end of the day often determines the mood that you wake up in when you start your day. Watch this. Psalms 16, verse 8. I love it. It's so beautiful. I love the Psalms. It says, I have, this is David, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Look at somebody and say, if you have Jesus... Come on, look at him. Don't be so sanctified. Come on. Go ahead. Look at her, Aaron. Say, if you have Jesus, you won't be moved. I have always set the Lord before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be moved. Marriage problems won't move you. Yes, it hurts when we go through pain, heartache. Sickness won't move you. As long as we have our eyes on the Lord, he is our security. He is our hope. He is our anchor. Trouble can be everywhere. I'm not saying that, be ignorant to the fact of your situations. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you will be, the, the more you are shaken is a revealing of what's first and what's not first in your life. Because all those things that you're struggling with right now are temporal. But seeking him is eternal. I have found out that I, I enjoy working out. Now, when I say working out, I don't mean getting on a treadmill. I don't like that. Who does? But I have found out that my greatest workouts are always, can always be traced back to the meal I had the night before. 
Does anybody know what I'm saying? Does anybody determine I'm going to eat good today? And then when you do eat good, you're super energized because your body's now burning good fuel. And then when you decide to stop it, like, you know, I'm not going to pick on Chick-fil-A because I love Chick-fil-A. We'll pick on McDonald's. (laughs) Forgive me, viewers who love McDonald's. And yes, they do have great quarter pounders, but... I have found out when I stop and get one of them quarter pounders, I don't feel so good. I don't feel so energized. I want to go to sleep. I come to the office and I have to take a bang. You know those bang drinks, the energy drinks? It's got no sugar. Why y'all looking at me like that? But what you eat the night before oftentimes determines how you, what your energies are like in the morning when you wake up. Or what you eat during the day determines your energy level. God is like that. This is why it's so important to start with him. Start with him as your daily bread when you wake up in the morning, even if it's three minutes, taking the time to intentionally fix your mind on him, fix your eyes on a verse. I used to read chapters and things like that. You know what I do now? I chew on a verse all day long. I'll read that verse two, three, four, five times. And just I just meditate for a moment. Let that scripture, because the more you just let it sit, I would rather someone memorize one portion of one, one verse, then read a chapter and forget everything. The word of God is like this. Let me just give you this example. I, I love animals. I'm like, I should have been a zoologist. I love animals. My wife's like Elmira. I can't bring animals around her. She squeezes until their eyeballs pop out. She just loves animals. I just want to hug you, squeeze you, love you. You know, remember Elmira? Good thing she's with the children's ministry today. Hello, honey. But the cow, when it eats, there's a word called cud. They chew the grass, and they chew it, and then they swallow it. And it sounds really gross. Good thing we're not eating. They actually regurgitate it and begin to chew it more and more. And they will go through this process over and over. And what this does is it causes an easier digestion for the food because they ground it up more and more. And this is what the Word of God is like. I would rather someone take a verse of scripture and chew on that all day long because then your spirit absorbs it versus reading a whole chapter. And I'm okay with, if you're a reader, read. But I have found out that in my walk with the Lord, it, it better suits me to just chew on one verse of scripture and then live it out. Come on, somebody say live it out. It's much more beneficial spiritually, chewing on small portions of scripture, just chewing on it, absorbing it. The Bible calls it our daily bread. We're to feed on it. So when we wake up first in the morning, God is like our gospel. I'll let it sit until you get it. He's our vitamin for the day. He is how we are to start our day and it will determine how the rest of our day looks. God won't settle for seconds. I want you to say that. Say, God won't settle for seconds. And I don't believe it's because God is selfish nor ignorant. It's because he wants to show you how much more full and productive your day will be when you start it off with him. Come on, I wish that that deserved a better amen. Your day will be more productive, more full, more joyous. Because can I, I can tell you right now, because there's an enemy waiting on the outside of the door. There's a boss waiting on the other side of that door. Come on, who wants to take your joy? There's a child, there's a teenager. Come on, I'm trying to make it practical. There's somebody waiting outside that door that is wanting to steal your peace and your joy. And we have to lay our foundation first, first things first. Somebody say, put God first. 
And whenever you learn to keep him first, listen to what he'll show you. He will show you and he will give you the ability to accomplish more than you can in your own strength by just simply resting in him and simply focusing on him. It's called the anointing. In other words, you know what the anointing is? The anointing enables you to do something that you can't do. How many need some of that? The anointing enables you to do something gracefully that otherwise would drain you. And when you spend time with him, he begins to enable you to be better than what you would be in your own strength. It's called grace. And God is a God of divine order. He says this, put me first and I'll put your life in order. Put your life, it'll put your life in order. And then it's, it's, not, it's not, I gotta put my life in order and then find a place for Jesus because then our lives will be out of order. He is first, he is our foundation. And secondly, we have to get back to basics by praying. Do you know how much the devil fought me to put up these prayer banners? Make it a house of prayer. Someone said the other day, if you want to know how popular the preacher is, come Sunday morning. You want to, you want to find out how popular God is? Show up on Wednesday night. But the Lord said to me, would you rather have a few people who care about thus saith the Lord who truly love me and pray and seek my holy face or would you like a crowd that you appease? We have to become God seekers. And if, if we're going to be strong in these last days, and, I, and whether, whether this is the days or not, that's not the point. It's all of our last days when you think about it. We have to become people of prayer again. And the devil fought me tooth and nail. And listen, when you make it up in your mind to pray, the devil will fight you. That's why you're having the trouble you're having right now. Seek his face. You go after him. The enemy wants to trip us up. He wants to discourage us. He wants to take our families. If he can't get to your family, he goes after the finances. If he can't get to the finances of the family, he comes after the health. I'm not blaming everything on the enemy or contributing all of our problems to the enemy, but there's something to be said how the enemy, the Bible says in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, our adversary... The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking, he's an opportunist. And so if he sees you getting close, if he sees you praying, if he sees you seeking God, you will have trouble. But we have the victory. And, and, and as a matter of fact, the trouble that you're having right now is a great indicator that you're on the right path. Because he's afraid. He's giving problems because he's afraid. You wonder why you're struggling in your body? He's afraid. You wonder why you're struggling in your marriage? Because you're taking territory. Come on, look at somebody and say, you're taking territory. When you're having tormenting thoughts and all these things and everything that can go wrong is going wrong, it's a sign as you put one foot in front of the other, you will have opposition. You're not having opposition because God doesn't love you. That's not the issue. It's because you have a devil who can smell your destiny. He can tell you're on the right path. He can tell you're about to break through. You're about to walk into a new season. Things are about to change. Things are about to break through. All I can encourage you this morning to do is keep pressing, keep praying, keep believing, keep fasting because breakthrough's on its way. Look at somebody and say, breakthrough's on the way. Come on, look at them with conviction. Breakthrough is on its way. Things are about to change. First Thessalonians 5.17 says this, pray without ceasing. In other words, he says, don't stop. An old song came in my mind. I ain't gonna sing it. Don't stop praying. Look at some of y'all unsaved out there trying to sing that song. I'm just kidding. Don't stop. 
Can we put that up on the screen first? Thessalonians, I don't know if I gave it to you. First uh, Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Ceasing means to stop. Don't, don't stop. You, you know, prayer time, let me just touch that just for a moment. Your prayer time is not just here on a Sunday morning. It's not just in your closet. I'm finding out that I can pray as I'm about to walk into a, uh, you know, to have a conversation with a client or a counseling meeting, just uttering something under my breath. Lord, be with me. Lord, strengthen me. Little, little moments in time. Prayer doesn't mean it's, you just have to cut out five minutes. It can be 20 seconds, just acknowledging the Lord, praying, asking him for strength at just simple phrases that you utter. Lord, help me in this situation. Help me to make a good decision in this matter. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Look at somebody and say, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Prayer is God's communication tool. I want to shift gears just for a moment. I, I want to do just a mini teaching. I'm a little bit intimidated by this because um, I think I'm more preacher than I am teacher, but I'll, I'll attempt to teach just for a moment. Will you afford me that? Just for a moment on prayer. I was sitting before the Lord this morning. I woke up really early, about 4.15 this morning, and I was just sitting before the Lord, and the Lord began to drop these little things, and there is much more to prayer than what I can articulate this morning, but here's a few levels of prayer, and most people, unfortunately, do not make it past this one. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, I'd like you to take out your pen and jot this down. The first level of prayer in our relationship with the Lord is our prayer request. Most people don't make it past this. In other words, it's where we come to the Lord to ask him to heal a loved one, save a lost loved one, meet my needs, Lord. And none of these things are wrong. The Bible says, ask and you will receive. There is no issue with asking God to answer your prayers, but that is called a prayer request. Now, the next step is a little bit different. It's not that you ask God to do something for you. It's asking God to do something for others. And this is called intercession. This is, this is a different level. This is you standing in the stead of, for somebody else and praying for a lost loved one, praying for your nation, praying for your community, praying for your boss. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Somebody, some of y'all's bosses need prayer. This is intercession. This is when you stand. This is called, I call this standing in the gap for people, standing in the gap for your church, standing in the gap for your brother or your sister or the culture at large. Again, the United States of America, this is where you intercede. This is more of a fervent prayer. This is not just, Lord, can you please do this? This is de declaration. Somebody say declaration. When you see us up here pacing back and forth and we're declaring this is intercession. This is us warring on the behalf of a nation, warring on the behalf of our families. And listen, the Bible says that the Lord gives his angels charge over us. Do you know that angels are to help carry out your prayers that the, that the saints are making? that you're uttering and that you're declaring. The enemy does not, the Lord loves the person who makes their prayer request, but the enemy fears the intercessor. He doesn't fear the prayer request person. The Lord loves them, but the enemy does not fear them. But once you start, step into the level of intercession, the devil's in trouble. And this is where, this is what we call warfare. Somebody say Warfare. And there's another level, and now don't let us freak you out by this, and I'm very careful with this, as you can see, and especially particularly in church settings, because I have seen this abused. I've seen it used well, and I've seen it very much so abused, and for those of you who have been in church for any length of time, you'll, you can say amen after I mention this third level of prayer, which is the gift of tongues. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. The gift, and that is a gift, a gift that is not to be paraded 
to allow everybody to see that you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. This is an intimate gift between you and God. And when you'll see it in operation here is if it's interpreted because we like, we are spiritual, but we are biblical. It's okay to be spiritual here, but we are to remain biblical. I'm seeing more and more this uprising out of the church, not just this, just everywhere, this becoming more and more spiritual, but less and less biblical. We have to be both biblical and spiritual. If it says it in the word, free reign. If it doesn't say it in the word, it does not belong here. Amen. Come on, I wish I would get a better amen than that. And this is a heavenly language between you and God. This is, a, this is a gift that God gives the intercessor. And this is actually a form of God like praying through you the perfect will of God. The Bible says, the, the Bible says these, are, these are like tongues of angels, okay? So this is something that comes from your innermost being like a groaning. And when you're praying in the spirit, you're actually speaking and praying the will of God. This is a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. And then there's a, there's a fourth level to prayer, and there is much more, but this level is warfare. This is where you're not having prayer requests. You're not, and warfare can involve praying in tongues, and it can involve intercession, but warfare is attacking strategies of the enemy. Like for my family, when I see sickness and disease, it's warfare time. We put on the helmet. I begin to intercede. I begin to pray. This morning, I was very much burdened with this level of prayer this morning as we opened up service. Normally, I don't come up and just pray and open the service, but I just felt led to just plead the blood of Jesus, to declare the angels, to just come around and encompass this place and to wage war on the enemy's behalf because I just sense the burden of God's people this morning. And this level of warfare, you have to be careful because you do not want to fight that you're not equipped to fight, okay? So this is where we have to learn intercession. We have to walk in certain levels of victory ourselves before we go after the enemy. Come on. Come on, somebody say amen. But what I have found out that the enemy is much smaller than what you might think he is. I call him an ant on a bullhorn. He sounds bigger than what he really is, but it's important that we walk in a level of victory ourselves first before we go after the enemy. And this is where training and equipping comes in, but that's a whole nother sermon. So if you want to be one of those people who walk in victory, you have to be a praying person. You have to understand prayer and intercession. How many are tired of just, just going through the motions? How many are tired of just calling yourself a believer and not walking in all the freedom that God has for you? Do you know that God wants you free in every area? Did you know that? Every area. In your mind, in your heart. When I, I mean, you, you got to think about what you think about. When I woke up this morning, there was things just trying to grab my mind that it was just trying to take my focus off of things. You have to take authority over those things. God wants you to walk in victory. Can I tell you this? Victory will not come casually, and it will not happen by happenstance. It happens through intentionality, by intentionally pursuing God, intentionally declaring and applying the blood of Jesus. Come on, even over atmospheres. You ever walked, yes, thank you, Lord. You ever walked or had an encounter with someone, go somewhere, and then you leave there and you just all of a sudden feel icky? Come on. It's because your spirit picks up on atmospheres. This is the level of prayer. This is where we have to really get good at warfare. I have had, I have, I have engaged, I have shook someone's hand, a client, a friend, uh, or acquaintance, and I leave there, and then all of a sudden I'm, all these crazy thoughts, I'm just hitting it. And I take a moment to warfare for about three to five minutes. I plead the blood of Jesus over myself. I come against that stuff. Don't just let that stuff simmer in you. Pray. Amen. The Bible says that you have authority to trample on serpents. 
to overcome all the power of the enemy. You have to understand how big God is on the inside of you. If you knew how big he was and you were confident in that fact, you'd pray a whole lot more. I would pray a whole lot more. Somebody say, you have the victory. And listen, the Bible says this, that Jesus gave us authority to trample on serpents. So it's not your own strength. It's a gift that God gave you. You may, this, you may, this may be shocking to you, but when you pray in the name of Jesus, let's say for somebody who's sick, or you're praying against the enemy, or you're praying and you're going through a level of warfare because everything is kind of breaking loose against you. When you pray, do you know what the enemy sees? This is why he's afraid of you. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. This is why he has to obey. This is why he has to obey. Come on, say, this is why he has to obey. I have a niece who is 21 years old. It's my brother Matt's daughter. I was reached out to recently. She lives in Boston, and she's been tormented for years, and, and I, didn't, I didn't know this. I've seen some things. I didn't want to impose. I see her every once in a while. And finally, somebody reached out and said, Uncle Donnie, listen, she is being really tormented, can't sleep, won't leave the house, nothing, fear, just immense fear, anxiety, torment, major torment. Has anybody ever heard of someone struggling like that? I've had many cases like this. Immediately, I just sent her an audio of the scriptures being played with some music in the back, just the scriptures, just reading the scriptures. She's been tormented for years. I said, listen to this. She listened to it, and I'm sure some others sent some things to her. And again, she's been bound for many, many years, but now it was affecting where she couldn't go to work, she couldn't function, and it was troubling every area of her life. The other day, she woke up after us sending this information to her, just, just the word of God, Somebody say, just the word. She woke up completely whole. Completely delivered. She said, I don't know what happened, but I'm completely free. You know why? Because the Bible says that the word of God is sharp and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, listen. If, you're, if you try to go against the enemy in your own strength, you'll lose every time. But if you come in the name of Jesus... If you pray in the name of Jesus, if you understand your authority that he's given you, not that you've earned it, it's something that the blood of Jesus purchased for you. You can walk in victory. And listen, if you have a loved one who's still struggling and you say, well, pastor, I've prayed. Pastor, I'm seeking. Pastor, I'm fasting. Keep declaring. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep fighting. Keep knocking. Keep asking until the Lord breaks through. Sometimes you're fighting demons that have been around for generation to generation and passed down. You think they're going to go easy? You got to keep attacking the devil. You have to keep praying. You have to be fervent, more fervent than him in your prayer life. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Sometimes I, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thirdly, we have to get back to basics by feeding on God's word again. I know this is basic, but we have to get back to the basics. If we're going to walk in victory, we have to feed on the word of God. I have never seen such people struggle 
with image problems as I do today. I've never seen the, the level of warfare that people are encountering. And you know the first thing I do when I, when I talk to a person, let's say I counsel someone. I, I first ask them, like, what, is your, what, is your, what does your routine look like? Well, I go to church. Or, you know, I'll read a book here and there. And we, and we wonder, I'm not saying this to um, demean anyone because I have been guilty of this too, but we, we wonder why we struggle. And we really shouldn't wonder. We should just, we should just begin to look at what we're feeding on. If, if all you feed on, can I, can I talk to you? If all we feed on is Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these other social media outlets that we think are going to be the problem solver with all these new social media outlets. God, thank you for them. But let me just tell you something. That stuff will not... Let me tell you something. The Word of God is living, and it's alive, and it satisfies our needs. It's our daily bread. Come on, the Bible, what's the, what's the, uh, the saying for... The Bible, what is the acronym? Basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible, the Bible is our inspiration. It's what we are to feed on. It's what we are to eat on. It's our daily diet. Have you had a dose this morning before you came and listened to the preacher? Hallelujah. Reading God's word strengthens the spirit, man. What are we? We are spirit, soul, and body. You never hear someone say body, soul, spirit, or maybe you do, but it's always spirit, soul, body. Spirit, man, first, because that's the eternal part of your being your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, and then there's the body. Those two other ones that I just mentioned try to get away of the spirit man. When we are struggling, it is a sign that our spirit has been neglected. And we oftentimes neglect our spirit by not reading and feeding on the word. I sense the Lord beckoning people back to his table this morning, wanting to draw you back in. And you know what I pray before this service is over? It's hard for me to sometimes get through a service and just preach. And I sometimes am tempted just to preach when I see so many broken people, so many needs out there. But let me tell you something. If we get back to basics, all your needs will be met. Sometimes people come in here for a word and there's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you something. You get back to basics, you'll get the word from him. Your spirit will grow strong. All those struggles that you used to struggle with all of a sudden begin to grow strangely dim and you begin to walk in areas of victory that you'd never walked in before. It has the power. The word has the power to change circumstances, power to change destinies. It has the power to change a community. It has the power to change your marriage, change your body. Do you see when a person got healed, she laid her hands, Samara laid her hands on her neck. That's not because of my prayer. That's because the word of God, the word of God does the work because it's sharp and it's powerful. And if you use the word of God faithfully, it will work. Look at somebody and say, it'll work if you work it. That's why if you preach salvations, people will get saved. If you preach healing, people will get healed. It's not that necessarily the anointing on that person. The, no, the, the word is anointed. The word is alive. It's that, it's, it's, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's Jesus. Jesus is the word. He is the bread. He's the bread. He's the water. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lastly, and can you stand to your feet? Just trying to sense what the Lord wants to do this morning. Fourthly, if we're going to get back to basics, we have, you hear me say this a lot, we have to get back to worshiping him. We have to get back to worshiping him. I think sometimes we worship worship. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes we worship worship. I feel that sometimes when I walked in here this morning, I almost said something to the team, but I didn't. Y'all don't get scared. I'm not going to say it next week. But I kind of wanted to mess with everybody and say, we're just going to get into a time of intercession this morning. We're not going to have, there's, because there's different forms of worship, but we've, we've formulated these things over time. You know, you got to have music and you got to have a little announcement. You got to have a message and, and, and we call the worship team worship. But really worship is the bowing of the heart towards our creator loving him deeply, affectionately. This is where we find freedom. This is where we find freedom. There's a couple verses I want to, I wanna, I'm not going to go into them, but I want to mention them regarding worship. And you guys can just play softly as you, as you can. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, the Bible says this is where the, the wise men came and fell down and worshiped Jesus when Jesus was an infant, when he was born. Everybody say he fell down. They fell down. They fell down and worshiped him. So worship isn't just about lifting your hands. You can lift your hand. You can worship with your hands in your pocket. My wife told me I went to a meeting on Friday night. It was, it was awesome. And she said, take your hands out of your pocket. I had one hand in my pocket. I'm like, honey, I'm worshiping. My heart was in it. But it doesn't matter the posture of the body. It matters the posture of the heart. Do you live a life of worship? Do you live a life of worship? Like the wise men, when you come before him, do you fall down? I wish we had carpet. I could give an example about falling down. Nobody wants to fall down on the hard floor. But is your heart bowed down to him? Do you live a life of worship? Your level of worship determines the level of your freedom. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, it says the 24 elders cast their crowns and they bowed down. I heard somebody say last night, no, excuse me, Friday night. Where is it in the Bible where you got people falling down on the floor when you lay hands on them and pray? And then the, the minister said, in Psalms, he causes me to lie down in green pastures. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 through 33, it says those who were in the boat came and worshiped him. They bowed down. They bowed down. You know why we worship so much is because we are lovers of his presence. And when his presence comes, everything changes. Let me tell you something. No matter how many sermons I preach to you, it can only offer you a level of a level of instruction that leads to your freedom. But let me tell you something. Worship brings freedom. You know what worship is like? It's like uh, the eagle when the crow comes and lands on the eagle's back and pecks and tries to irritate and run off the eagle. But you know what the eagle does? It doesn't even pay any mind. What he does, he ascends. That's why we call this Ascension Christian Center. 
because we want to ascend into the holy hill. The Bible says, who shall ascend into the holy hill except he who has clean hands and a pure heart? And can I tell you what's up there? Freedom. There is, wor- there is freedom in your worship. And you know, in all these observations in these particular scriptures that I just gave you, there was no music Although we have music here, there was no music that accompanied their worship. Do you know you can worship the Lord while you're driving down the road? You don't have to just, you don't have to wait for a service on Sunday morning. You don't have to wait for 10 o'clock. You can worship him in your cubicle. You can worship him when you're cleaning out your closet. You can worship him when you're sweeping the house. You can, I know it's hard to, but you can worship him when you're taking care of the kids and when you're going through your daily routines. You can worship him because my Bible says in John chapter 4 verse 24 God is spirit and those who worship him worship him in spirit and in truth it doesn't talk about a service there it's talking about worshiping him in spirit everybody just close your eyes for just a moment worship shows your adoration for the Lord God is looking for bowed hearts this morning that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And he's wanting to give you freedom this morning, but he's wondering, will you worship me? Will you worship me in spite of what you're going through, in spite of the heartache, in spite of the pain, in spite of the struggle, in spite of the warfare? Will you worship me this morning? Heaven is completely open and it has been open ever since Jesus died. But can I tell you something? Worship opens you up to receive from heaven. So the reality is that heaven is open this morning. But here's the question, are you open? And worship has the ability to open your heart, to open your spirit, to receive what Christ already did and has made available to you. And worship creates the atmosphere of heaven for things to happen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.